CIO Talk Radio is brought to you by HP and Siemens Smart Grid. Welcome to CIO Talk Radio with your host, Sun Joke All. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are strictly those of the host, guests, and callers. Now, here's Sun Joke All. Very good morning and welcome to CIO Talk Radio. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. And as always, we invite you to join the discussion on Twitter, hashtag CTRLive, and look for this show as hashtag Omnichannel or hashtag Mobility. Today's topic is enabling Omnichannel retail innovation. And our guest for today's show is Adam Silverman, who is the principal analyst with Forrester Research uh, on Omnichannel. Good morning, uh, Adam. How are you? I'm fine. Good morning to you as well. And uh, life is doing good. I'm I'm sure that it's pretty early for you there in the West Coast, and uh, you're getting started, huh? Yes, life is great. Uh, lots of activity in this space, so happy to be here talking with you about uh, the omni-channel and the future of retail. Great. Now, uh, we always have seen that the legacy retail industry has uh, actually adopted uh, quite well to the digital age, uh, save for a few examples of sectors being completely disrupted by new business models. And yet changes are still coming so quickly, and we wanted to explore what solutions there are for retailers to still innovate in this new era. With that said, uh, the first question, Adam, I'd like to pose here is that we are actually living in a changed world for our retailers. And, of course, they are also trying a lot of things to always stay competitive and relevant. Do you think there is something special that's going on which is, you know, uh, triggering this uh, omni-channel related uh, exploration that they should go this route? And this is, of course, complex and it will take a lot of investment. What What is causing this? What's the, the trigger and the business driver? Well, I think that's you're really speaking to the heart of the the, the challenge and opportunity here. Um, as retailers have evolved and, and as new technology has come on board, primarily with uh, mobile technology, retailers are finding that their channeled vision or their channeled uh, silos, if you will, of, over the past ten years, no longer work in terms of meeting client exp- or customer expectations. And so there's two things that are really happening. Um, one is that consumers are expecting more from retailers. Uh, they are now enabled with uh, mobile devices and stores. Uh, they're able to access information um, pretty much at will, and they have endless aisles. And so they expect more from, from retailers. And at the same time, retailers are um, welcoming in new technologies and new capabilities that allow them to grow and expand their business. Um, so, for instance, if you look at um, commerce technology, what we used to call e-commerce, um, it can now be called commerce technology or commerce suites, and we're finding that more and more retailers are leveraging um, this digital commerce technology across the entire organization. And so, again, what that looks like is the breaking down of silos within uh, retail organizations and moving more towards a customer-centric approach of what we call at Forrester here uh, the age of the, of the customer. And uh, that view is fundamentally changing how businesses invest in technology, uh, how they organize themselves internally. So there's a massive amount of change happening internally within organizations uh, within their org structure themselves. 
and then also how they measure success. Um, again, just a few years ago, uh, we were looking at success measured with uh, solely based on ROI, especially in digital channels. And now that that's changed. Um, customers now move bet- uh, from device to device. It's much harder to track an individual uh, customer uh, in the digital space, and therefore um, retailers are moving towards different measures of success which can include uh, customer satisfaction, customer engagement, as well as, as well as lifetime value. So you did mention about what the way the customer is changing. And if you're demanding, ever more demanding, ever more fickle, ever more defecting customer because they really are in control, yes, this, this, you could uh, construe this as, as a race among different retailers, but do you think any of these tactics which will allow you to feel good as a marketer or someone who is handling omnichannel in your organization or even for that matter CIOs, any of these tactics could be short-lived? So are we just going to be having a moving target all the time? Well, I think there's that's I think there's some truth to that. There are some tactics, um, even some maneuvers, if you will, that might be temporary. Um, and, uh, you know, for instance, I'm thinking about the role of the e-business leader um, or e-commerce leader moving into an omni-channel role. And that role potentially could go away in the future, and there could be a chief digital officer that's over, overarching the entire organization. Um, so that omni-channel role might be, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, might be uh, transient. However, in my opinion, and I would say the opinion of most of my colleagues here, um, you know, this move to be uh, more customer-centric is, is, not a, is not a new concept. I mean, you know, this has been happening since the dawn of commerce, and the fact is that over the past 15 years with e-commerce and the highly trackable nature of uh, our digital commerce, you know, we've sort of fallen in love with the ability to track at a very granular, granular level in terms of ROI by channel or by program. And so what I think will stay is this renewed investment in the customer. And, uh, again, the, uh, the devices that consumers have are, are endless. They're only going to grow. And so the tactics that are used to communicate to customers over different channels might change. But the customer-centric view, I think, is, is very much um, an area that retailers are focusing on today. And, uh, you know, I will actually turn this conversation a little bit more on the technology side and speaking in the same light. Um, the, although the future is unclear in terms of devices and methods of communication and, you know, again, to your point of that moving target, where retailers are focusing their time today is on enabling the technology to facilitate um, any communication in the future. Um, so they're uh, decoupling their systems and their silos. They're moving e-commerce to be a commerce suite. Uh, they're creating these loosely coupled enterprise um, layers um, that are um, basically detached from the experience and detached from the channel. And that's and that it's really the investment in that platform uh, that's happening today to enable that future. Where again, to your point, it might be elusive as to what the customers want and what devices they communicate uh, on. So um, I think there's a little bit of both. There are some transient areas, but certainly the focus on the customer is absolutely, uh, in my opinion, the right move. 
What, in your view, based on all the different surveys and polls and focus groups that may have been conducted across multiple retail organizations uh, as well as the customer segments, what's the common set of sentiments which is driving or what are they really looking for today and how do you extrapolate that to know what people are going to look for tomorrow? Because everything else that you are doing with respect to omni-channel and other retail creativity and uh, strategy uh, it is all going to be dependent on how clear of a view, how big of a clairvoyant this this whole community becomes with respect to what uh, a, a customer of today and tomorrow would want. That's true. The our, you know our data shows that um, customers at this point in time are looking for utility, right? They're looking for the ability to find a product. They're looking for the ability to um, fulfill their demands. So, and that's really manifesting in terms of. And omnichannel today, I would say the, the greatest success is around um, fulfillment and in, in inventory uh, visibility across the uh, across the enterprise. So, uh, let's say you're in a store and and you see a, a size small and a large, but you're a size medium. Um, retailers are now enabling the ability for associates to uh, to fill in that um, that missing item within the store from any option within the uh, within the enterprise. And the same thing uh, on the e-commerce side. So traditionally, they've had separate distribution centers and separate inventory, <clears throat> and if you're out of inventory within that specific uh, product, um, you couldn't get it. And, and so now retailers are enabling their stores to be fulfillment centers. And so that does a lot of things in regards to improving margin. No longer is there, I should say, breakage is less. Um, you don't have to put things on markdown as often because you have complete sets across the enterprise. And also satisfaction in terms of um, quicker shipping. Um, so if a product's being shipped from a local store rather than a, a distribution center in the middle of the country, and if you live on a coast, um, you actually might get that, that product faster. So we're seeing a lot of the customer needs uh, centered around, you know, finding specific products that they already have in mind. It's less around discovery. So that's where we see it. That's where today is. Now, we also have data that shows that customers are willing to try new technologies and new, um, new capabilities in terms of engagements, whether it's through uh, digital displays or uh, some in-store technology or even around social and just you know, leveraging um, different techniques and, and technology in order to discover new products and, and become aware of new products. Um, and so that is the future of, of Omnichannel, is leveraging all of the data from the entire organization and making that available to each customer um, in wherever they are. So whether it's in a store, on a mobile device, or on a website. And, and that's really, there, there's some knowns there. For instance, I think it's pretty clear that customers would like to see product reviews um, whether it's in store, online, or in mobile, uh, but it's unclear if they if they will truly uh, r resonate with um, techniques such as magic mirrors or uh, shopping with friends in store, kind of virtually. Um, some of those might be incremental benefits, um, but I don't know that they're they're game changers. So I would say that from 
the experience perspective of of you know creating new experiences, omnichannel may or may not be the solution, right? From a fulfillment perspective, from meeting missed demand, from inventory visibility, huge wins there, and that's where uh, the majority of the dollars are going for CapEx. Uh, but in regards to the experience piece, I think the jury's still out. So if you were to um, divvy up a budget of a retail organization, which is putting things in omni-channel, um, so, sure, there's people processing technology side. Where do you think the most need is and where essentially the most investment is going? So that is a clear answer. The need is around the technology um, in terms of CapEx investment. I think there's um, equal needs regarding people and process, um, but I think those are um, solved in a different way. And so when I think about retail and I think about these legacy systems that retailers have been using for years, trying to hook those up in a meaningful way to create an omni-channel experience, whether that's just fulfilling misdemand and having visibility of inventory, or whether it's you know hooking up a CRM system across associates in a store as well as on online, the connection of those technology layers is is complex. So you're seeing a lot of movement within the e-commerce space. Um, you see SAP acquiring Hybris a few years ago. Oracle purchased ATG, and so some of these larger enterprise software suites are now looking to augment their legacy systems with new digital capabilities. Now, that is sort of a vision. I, don't, I wouldn't say that, I mean, they're not there today, meaning, you know, SAP is, certainly has an integrated hybris and, uh, you know, Oracle's still in the works of hooking everything together to create a single, uh, you know, vision and, uh, and solution for, for retailers. Um, but, you know, that is where the majority of the investment is happening. And by the way, that doesn't necessarily mean that you must understand exactly what will happen in the future. So creating these loosely coupled systems in a service-oriented architecture enables for flexibility. It's something that we call agile commerce. And agile commerce is really the, the blend of omni-channel with agility. And, and so these systems are being set up in order to facilitate the agility. Now, the, um, the people piece, um, you know, I would sort of, let me just bulk, I guess, people in process. Retailers are still kind of stuck in old ways. They're still, they still have silos. It's still hard to um, get budgets uh, for these omnichannel initiatives. It's not something that's just ingrained in us as, as retailers. And, and so there's evolution in terms of the thinking. And for the most part, we're seeing the, the C-suite, especially the CEO, uh, playing a greater role within these omnichannel decisions um, because it really needs to be top down. That vision, that org um, structure, and that uh, purpose for being as an organization is evolving. And you're seeing pretty dramatic changes. Uh, you know, for instance, we're seeing some organizations um, create structure around the customer journey, right, in terms of their life cycle rather than channels. And that's, that's kind of arduous. That can be painful. Uh, measurement of success is very important in order, in, to enable success there. And so that um, is an area that is 
um, in flux right now. And so, although all right, so let's this- do this, Adam. Let's take a quick break, uh, and listeners will will be right back. Adam is is actually definitely explaining uh, what are the different aspects where the investment should be, and what are the organizations doing. Great discussion. Uh, please uh, stay tuned. We'll be right back. The U.S. and Canada represent just 5% of the global population, but collectively we consume about 35% of the world's resources. Supply is not keeping up with demand, so change is not an option, it's imperative. Siemens brings knowledge to power through modernization, responsible energy consumption, and greening the grid projects. Siemens Smart Grid has the answers. Just Google Lead the Charge Portal. Wait, is that your pager? There's nostalgic, and then there's completely irrelevant, like having a hardware-heavy business phone system. These days, over 300,000 businesses use RingCentral, the cloud-based business communication solution for the way you work. Set up multiple users in multiple locations in minutes and manage the entire system on your smartphone starting at $19.99 a month per user. So get that 20th century phone system out of your 21st century business. Sign up for a free trial at RingCentral.com. The switchboards and Rolodexes are gone, and so is the need for a hardware-heavy phone system. These days, over 300,000 businesses use RingCentral, the cloud-based business communication solution for the way you work. Set up multiple users in multiple locations with voice, text, conferencing, even Salesforce integration, and manage your entire system on your smartphone starting at $19.99 a month per user. So get that ancient phone system out of your modern office and off your bottom line. Sign up for a free trial at RingCentral.com. HP is proud to sponsor this program. Tap into our expertise, innovation, and services to bring your most important workloads to the cloud. You are listening to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. If you have a question or comment, call toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, back to the show. Here's Sunjog All. Welcome back. So take it away, Adam. Great. We were just talking about uh, the technology piece in terms of the investments, um, and you know, you know, here at Forrester, we we have a few elements of a uh, few indicators that sort of tell us this is a hot topic. Um, you know, one we're seeing uh, greater, um, you know, um, I don't know, I guess involvement from our e-business partners around technology. Uh, we're seeing increased. Uh, what we call inquiry calls, which is where they are calling us to, to answer specific questions. But we also have lots of uh, primary data as well that supports um, this piece. And in a recent survey, I was just pulling up some data here, uh, when asked what technology investment priorities are uh, most important uh, for the coming year, uh, there actually is a tie between e-commerce platforms and multi-channel integration. And the reason why they're both at the top is because uh, for e-commerce, that's really the growth engine. This, this digital commerce piece is really driving uh, retail successes 
um, you know, over the past uh, bunch of years, and it's been it's been some time, um, and that still continues to grow. It's it's still a smaller piece in the overall pie. We see uh, by 2016, e-commerce only being on aggregate 10% of overall sales, but it's certainly the the growth engine. And then again, in my perspective, if you stripe out that that e, you have the commerce platform. We do believe that these commerce platforms will be ubiquitous at the enterprise level and power even uh, store pieces. But that multi-channel integration, again, just as high as fueling uh, e-commerce growth, this multi-channel integration at 52% um, is, and that's, uh, again, priority, 52% of, of retailers say that that's a priority. Um, that is really tied towards the technology needed in order to fill missed demand, whether it's in-store or online. So, you know, you, you definitely mentioned different aspects where the technology could be utilized and there are retail organizations. So so would you think that the, the person at the top, as you mentioned, the whole change will, will be driven top down? And so do you think CEOs are going to say, show me the capability or else take this money and build that capability? Are there cheaper, faster, better ways to achieve capability versus ripping apart your technology, which may be there and it is going to keep the business going while you experiment? Because do you think this is like a sure shot deal where we don't have to really look back or is this more of an experiment to invest in all possible channels, calling it omni-channel, and then we are, we are going to see the positive ROI and everybody is yeah. on, on board? Yep, yep. I, you know, I, first of all, I think the term omnichannel is an odd one because we're talking about touch points, not channels. And it's really a manifestation of this multi-channel discussion that started, you know, five or ten years ago when customers wanted to buy online and return in store. And so, um, you know, omnichannel is probably not the right word. And, and so, I, you know, I, I think... And, and there's a lot of fluff and buzz around the topic as well. Um, and so what we're trying to do is is try to sort of strip away the really tangible pieces where investment should occur and and then also look at some of the um, experiential pieces and, and, you know, potentially plant some seeds and see if they grow. So when it comes to the enterprise layer, it's, the, the the jury's in on this one. Retailers are are doubling down. They're focusing on building an infrastructure that looks different, right? It's no longer in silos. It's connected at an enterprise level to give a singular view of customers, a singular view of product. And by the way, there's associate-facing pieces as well, and so enabling the associates to be empowered. I mean, you can imagine going into a store with your mobile device and looking up a product and, and you know, geeking out and looking at product information from various retailers. Meanwhile, the store associate is not enabled to do that. So uh, you have today an environment where the customers are, in some cases, leading the innovation and, uh, you know, retailers are actually a step behind. And that, you know, we can all sort of agree is probably not a good thing, right? And, and so, so you know, even if you look at the store, that what we call the digital store, the future store, um, you know, Wi-Fi connectivity is not ubiquitous, and it needs to be. Um, there's still a bunch of hurdles in terms of that infrastructure. And so if somebody asks me, should I invest in Wi-Fi in the store, both for guests and for associates, I would, I would give it, you know, 100%, 110%. 
um, there's really no reason um, why you shouldn't have it. And I'd say the reasons for having it, there's great ROI in, in, in going after um, you know, a connected customer and associate within the store. So from a technology perspective, from that enterprise platform layer, yes, um, they are ripping apart the systems. Um, I'm going to give you one other example. Let's talk about point of sale. Um, you know, these are hardened legacy systems, often with long contracts, and and uh, as those contracts renew, retailers, you know, stop and think now, do we need to just go with the same old point of sale or what we, what we call point of service vendor, or can we, or is there a new version of this that's coming out there? Why can't I use my commerce suite to power transactions in store? Um, and so you're seeing disruption in some of those legacy systems. So the you might rip out your old legacy point of service software hardware your in-store servers and you might move that to the cloud uh in the future we're not there just yet because you know again we're talking about hardened systems that can't go down and and uh you know i think the the digital commerce players are still kind of focusing on creating a hardened system one that will satisfy the needs of store operation leaders and cios but you can see that being a, a, a logical area that um, is ripe for disruption from technology. Okay, so now then let's talk about sort of the buzz stuff, the, the, um, the experiential pieces. And this is where, again, I'm going to point back to our work regarding agile commerce, which is our term for what I'm, what I'm saying is a blend of omni-channel with agility in terms of your structure. And so I am in favor of point solutions that uh, focus on some of these areas in a, in a trial perspective and uh, in order to prove that, that business case. So we see retailers, um, and, and I would say also with, within this new omni-channel role, you're seeing a lot of those innovation areas move over into that group, and you're seeing the C-suite carve-out budget for that, those types of innovations, whether it's in-store mapping or, um, you know, clienteling, um, you know, or even uh, product builders and configurators or digital signage. I mean, there's a myriad of things that retailers are working on. Uh, the jury's still out on whether or not those should garner high budgets. And so you're seeing a lot of solutions, a lot of point solutions out there that are going after those kind of niche areas. And then you can imagine if you have this loosely coupled enterprise architecture, if one of those point systems turns out to be effective uh, through web services, it becomes a lot easier to plug them in and through APIs, right? So you, so you start to have an ecosystem where you can plug and play different pieces um, and, and be agile, but again, you still need that platform. You need that services. You need APIs, and you need all that talking well together in order to enable this future organization that has to be nimble. So I guess to answer your question, I think it's both. I think, yes, we're ripping out these systems. We're making big bets on technology. Um, and in fact, our technology partners, um, when they brief us, they mention that they're seeing more um, you know, more sales are going towards these transformational technology sales than in the past. So we're seeing proof of that. So again, that's happening. But again, these point solutions certainly have a place within the organization. And, uh, and there's really a little bit of both. Now, one area when we talk about the process and the way we would uh, do innovation or bring about innovation would be perhaps based on data. 
our analytics and our gut. Where we are going, we do not have much data for the future. And in the recent past only, we have created vehicles where the customers can actually touch an organization and then consume their goods and services uh, through through multiple channels. So where is that decision-making happening or how is that decision-making happening? Because if we are just going to go and say we are going to collect a lot of data and then we introduce big data and other things, then we are leaving that gut factor which made companies in the past sustainable and successful. But when we before we get into this question, uh, let's take a quick break, listeners. We'll be right back and uh, expand. HP is proud to sponsor this program. Tap into our expertise, innovation, and services to bring your most important workloads to the cloud. The U.S. and Canada represent just 5% of the global population, but collectively we consume about 35% of the world's resources. Supply is not keeping up with demand, so change is not an option, it's imperative. Siemens brings knowledge to power through modernization, responsible energy consumption, and greening the grid projects. Siemens Smart Grid has the answers. Just Google Lead the Charge Portal. The switchboards and Rolodexes are gone, and so is the need for a hardware-heavy phone system. These days, over 300,000 businesses use RingCentral, the cloud-based business communication solution for the way you work. Set up multiple users in multiple locations with voice, text, conferencing, even Salesforce integration. And manage your entire system on your smartphone starting at $19.99 a month per user. So get that ancient phone system out of your modern office and off your bottom line. Sign up for a free trial at RingCentral.com. Wait, is that your pager? There's nostalgic, and then there's completely irrelevant, like having a hardware-heavy business phone system. These days, over 300,000 businesses use RingCentral, the cloud-based business communication solution for the way you work. Set up multiple users in multiple locations in minutes and manage the entire system on your smartphone starting at $19.99 a month per user. So get that 20th century phone system out of your 21st century business. Sign up for a free trial at RingCentral.com. You are listening to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. If you have a question or comment, call toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, back to the show. Here's Sunjog All. Welcome back. So uh, when we are talking about all the different uh, you know, technology investments and we spoke about processes, we'd like to touch upon the data and, and how you'll make decisions. Is it going to be gut, analytics, one or, one or more of the other? And if we are going to do all of those, either of those two, would innovation take a backseat because we are too busy crunching numbers? Well, it's a great question. It's probably one of my favorite questions. You know, I come from, before I was an analyst, I was a, a retail executive. I, I led e-commerce organizations and marketing organizations for uh, both small and large retailers. And 
and, and so I have a direct marketing background. So I'm very much, you know, a, a, a fan of data. Um, I don't know that there is room for making decisions purely on gut. I think you can uh, have a hypothesis and, and, and go after something, and that's that innovation piece you're talking about. Um, but measuring success is really important, and having that up front is really important, too. And, and so what I, when I think about the omni-channel initiatives, the ones that are successful today have clearly defined goals. And, and they are then measured against those goals. I do believe that there is some um, execution that's occurring um, in a sort of pure um, innovation state without actually thinking about um, setting up those goals up front. And to me, that leads to very poor execution and then ultimately the demise of that initiative. So let me give you an example. Um, I recently visited a, a very large retailer, an office supply retailer, um, who touted an innovation store, um, you know, that's one of their two innovation stores. And so I made a sort of a surprise visit, you know, and sort of what analysts do, we go and we investigate. And, um, you know, I found the experience to, well, here, let me just, Sort of say what they, the pitch was was that they're enabling, uh, they're enabling online commerce within the store, right? So, you know that sounds great. That sort of on the surface sounds fine. Um, however, when you actually go to use that kind of um, service, um, for instance, I was trying to purchase um, some office supplies, and um, I went to one of the kiosks in the store. And I went and went through the process of purchasing it, and I selected that I want to pick those items up in the store. Well, this retailer decided to ship me the uh, office supplies from their distribution center rather than simply pointing me, you know, two steps to my left to pick up those supplies, right? So the the buzz of, of sort of digitally enabling your stores and, and, you know, allowing online commerce within the store sounds good, um, but without measurement of success and without having those analytics um, that are customer-centric and not channel-centric, you miss the mark. And so that was a, a, a massive miss, in my opinion. Um, again, we're, we're not talking about a small organization here. So um, the um, sort of siren song of some of these, uh, you know, omni-channel capabilities are are um, are. are um, you know, they're, they're tantalizing, and so I think you sort of go after that shiny object. So, um, so let's sort of get back to the measurement of success piece. That is certainly an area that needs greater focus, and, I, and in my opinion, in my research from talking with retailers, uh, they'd like to see more of that measurement of success up front. Um, so I would, I would strip out gut from the decision-making and have it purely based on uh, analytics. However... You also need to uh, be disciplined and and invest in innovation, right? And so the the best retailers that are succeeding in omnichannel have a dedicated innovation budget. And you know you still need to make decisions based upon where that money goes in terms of what initiatives. Um, but measurement of success looks a little different. It's less about ROI and more about customer satisfaction or lifetime value. And in my opinion, the view of success for some of these omni-channel initiatives 
uh, is much longer, right, than the kind of old school e-commerce, you know, how are sales this second or this minute or, you know, we made a change on the website and therefore we saw a 10% improvement in conversion rate. So I think measurement of successes is changing. Now, um, so, so there is a lot of sort of an adjacent topic is this, is this data piece, right? So obviously the digital technologies allow you to collect more data. And, and so you can choose to measure success in, in, in different ways uh, with that data. But that data is also um, powering um, new initiatives such as mobile, Right, and there's a whole stream of mobile innovation that's occurring um, that in the future will leverage massive amounts of data in order to um, really drive some relevant experiences both in store, online, at the bus stop, wherever you are. So when you when you do mention about a mobile and that's just one of the channels, do you think that's where the whole retail is going to move? And and yes, we still want to go and touch, feel a T-shirt or any other item. Do you think we are going to really say I would want to come in there just as a place where I could see uh, displays? And then rest of it, I could be walking around in store or out of store, and you guys just deliver to me and and uh, things like that. Because right now we are kind of confused between okay, should I chase more people to attract them to a store for items where we need to touch and feel the fabric or or, or like a shoe, for example? And then there are others who would want to say that okay, there's no point in using the real estate, increasing your fixed costs. Might as well just create an online store which can be very easily accessible through a mobile phone and or a desktop and let us just kind of stay there. We've seen successes in both, so I'm not sure what's missing or what's ahead what, that people are preparing for. Well, so the answer to that question is really what's the customer want, right? Today I might want to go into the store and touch and feel something and have that experience and, and engage with associates. Tomorrow I might want to, you know, refill my order at, at the bus stop, and I don't really need to I- engage with the product. So it's complex, and it's really customer-driven. Really customer um, so, you know, I, I, would, I would caution on treating mobile as a channel, and I would also caution on treating mobile as something that's just retail-focused. You know, mobile is going to, I mean, it's, it's just a part of us. It's an extension of who we are. It's an extension of our social network. And it's really transforming um, all industries. Um, you know, I mean, I, I, I'm sure it's happened to all of us where you leave your mobile device at home and you forget it on the counter. And throughout the day, you have this level of anxiety because you don't have that ability to connect. And so um, mobile is really transforming a, a bunch of things. Um, Here's, a, here's an example regarding mobile point of service. So uh, in a couple of weeks, I'm having a, a, a bit of research come out regarding it's a market overview for mobile point of service. And the, you know, one of the elements in that is um, retailers originally implemented mobile point of service as a way to enhance the experience. However, they, ne- they didn't necessarily see a greater uh, lift in engagement because they simply had a device. Um, what they did see, though, was was greater efficiency um, within the store. So uh, the ability to move mobile devices from store to store based based upon seasonality, um, or uh, you know whether it's um, the specific parts of the country and weather patterns or holiday seasons, 
deploying mobile point of service is an easy way to get new registers out there. And so from an efficiency perspective, uh, there is uh, a good amount of ROI there. So it's not always about the experience. And I bring that up because there's an example of we talk about mobile being very customer-centric and focus on the customer, but the reality is it's you know, just a, an amazing tool for, for associates as well. And so I'm sure there's every organization and every business, um, you know, could benefit um, from, uh, from that mobile, you know, from, from mobile evolution. And then you mentioned something, too, about, you know, moving customers to the store. Um, I don't know that I would treat mobile as a, and digital as a way to just fuel store sales. I mean, our data does show, our forecast data does show that by 2017, you know, M-commerce is still just a smidge. Um, overall, digital commerce is roughly, I'm just, you know, roughly 10%, and the majority of sales still occur within in the store. However, this digitally influenced um, revenue piece is much higher. It's much closer to 50%. Um, and so it's not necessarily about moving uh, someone from channel to channel. It's about engaging with them wherever they are. And, you know, mobile unleashes new things. Um, you could be at the grocery store and you can, uh, let's say if you're diabetic, you can use your mobile device to give you context as to what's, what's appropriate. Um, you can be at a bus stop with a digital display and proximity marketing can take effect and that digital display can change based upon your preferences or products you've viewed. Um, so it's really um, a game changer when it comes to um, how customers engage with retail brands, and by the way, it makes retail brands portable. I mean, this concept of the of a you know the portability of your brand is is very much going to happen, and and it doesn't really matter the channel. It's just it's a it, what really matters is that customer touch. So, if you were to compare the retailers or, or click and motors or uh, e-tailers. I mean, there are three different levels of, uh, well, three flavors, if you will, that exist in the in the retail world. How is omni-channel any different for any of those, or is being well, manifested I mean, or implemented know, any of those? Yeah, I think you know the. I guess there's two parts of this. One is, are, is there really a difference? I don't know that there is a difference from a customer perspective, right? They sort of don't care. They. Um, you can put manufacturers in, in that bucket as well. You know, they have a specific need. They don't, they don't care if, um, they don't think about channels, right? Um, it might be more around convenience. Um, I prefer to buy online because I live in a rural area and there's no stores nearby. Or I'm an analyst and I'm so busy that I have no time to go shopping and therefore I prefer, um, you know, all my orders to come online. Or, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I have a lot of free time and I like to go and have that in-store experience. So, um, you know, I think it really, it's customer-centric versus channel-centric. I don't know that customers will think about or even think about today about channels. And, and that's, a, you know, I think retailers need to move away from that concept. That's why I don't really like the term omni-channel. But, um, you know, we're using it today because that's sort of what's, um, what is the common jargon, if you will, for this for this concept? Um, but there are differences, and you know the retail stores, the physical stores have an advantage and um, you know a shackle around their ankle. The advantage is obviously that physical experience. That's something that that they you can't replicate online. 
The shackle is just layers and layers of um, legacy technology that is, you know, again, hardened systems that need to be cracked open and exposed. And um, that is painful. That's expensive. That requires a commitment, a long-term view of success. And, you know, that is... um, we're seeing the most activity, as I mentioned earlier, in that area. So, um, you know, they, if, if I were a retailer today, I mean, if you look at some of the new retailers, uh, Warby Parker is a, is a great example. Um, Bonobos is another. They're opening up a handful of stores, not necessarily just to grow um, sales, which used to be the, you know, how, how retailers would do it. They'd open up X number of stores and sales would sort of follow that and you can scale up your business that way. It's, it's expensive. But these sort of innovative retailers are opening up stores to do things like data collection, to have a brand experience, um, to uh, understand the appropriate size of their uh, customers so that they can then offer them fitted clothes online. And so, again, measurement of success is different for those retailers in the store, um, and they're using that physical channel in a different way. And um, I expect more retailers to do that. And you see, even see some of the big boxes going into uh, smaller urban markets, um, and they're you know, reducing their, their OPEX, they're reducing their footprint, but they're extending the aisle with technology integration. So let's take a quick break, listeners. We'll be right back. And let's uh, look at the very undertaking, which is uh, quite, a, quite a large investment in many cases in order to uh, not only bring your own internal systems, but actually get all your value chain players, your supply chain partners, and anyone else who together comes to deliver that seamless experience. So is this truly a, a, like a win-win for all parties or there are some internal challenges in the way a retail outlet is able to deliver an omni-channel uh, experience, but behind the scenes there is a uh, firefighting going on? And if yes, what type of challenges are there before people can really say we have aced this art to deliver omni-channel experience? Please stay tuned. We'll be right back. Wait, is that your pager? There's nostalgic, and then there's completely irrelevant, like having a hardware-heavy business phone system. These days, over 300,000 businesses use RingCentral, the cloud-based business communication solution for the way you work. Set up multiple users in multiple locations in minutes and manage the entire system on your smartphone starting at $19.99 a month per user. So get that 20th century phone system out of your 21st century business. Sign up for a free trial at RingCentral.com. The U.S. and Canada represent just 5% of the global population, but collectively we consume about 35% of the world's resources. Supply is not keeping up with demand, so change is not an option, it's imperative. Siemens brings knowledge to power through modernization, responsible energy consumption, and greening the grid projects. Siemens Smart Grid has the answers. Just Google Lead the Charge Portal. HP is proud to sponsor this program. Tap into our expertise, innovation, and services to bring your most important workloads to the cloud. 
The switchboards and Rolodexes are gone, and so is the need for a hardware-heavy phone system. These days, over 300,000 businesses use RingCentral, the cloud-based business communication solution for the way you work. Set up multiple users in multiple locations with voice, text, conferencing, even Salesforce integration. And manage your entire system on your smartphone starting at $19.99 a month per user. So get that ancient phone system out of your modern office and off your bottom line. Sign up for a free trial at ringcentral.com. You are listening to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. If you have a question or comment, call toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, back to the show. Here's Sunjog All. Welcome back. So in terms of making any uh, such mega innovation-centric uh, change happen, that is omni-channel uh, delivery, you got to have quite a few moving parts behind the scenes and not only within your company but even outside. So is there true harmony there or there is chaos and we are somehow able to wrap it uh, and, and show that, yes, we have everything under control? What's going on behind the scenes? Uh, a bit of chaos. Um, it's not, there's no true harmony today. And, uh, you know, I would say, you know, from working in the retail business, is there ever true harmony? There's always um, things that can be done better. There's always uh, complexity. Um, you know, I worked at a very large uh, big box retailer and, um, you know, a few years ago, and they had buying teams for both online and their stores. And so, as a manufacturer or as a supplier of those products, you're dealing with two different buyers, you're dealing with uh, two different organi- uh, organizations, uh, pricing, and so you had these very separate worlds, a very channel-specific world. Well, you know, we're breaking down those barriers, and the customer doesn't care again about channel, so we're, we're breaking that down. Um, and internally, those organizations are changing, and then therefore, you know, sort of downwind, these manufacturers and suppliers are having to change as well. And so even technology around product information uh, management systems and, you know, cr- hooking those systems up up to all channels is uh, key. And you can imagine in the past, if you were a manufacturer selling into storage, you didn't have to have robust metadata um, or, or product attributes um, you know, that digital enablement wasn't there, but now you need to have that. And so manufacturers are stepping up to the plate and creating uh, better content. They're thinking about their role with an omni-channel. And by the way, these customers, when they're in the store and showrooming, they're looking at manufacturers' websites. And so one way to prevent showrooming is for manufacturers to have rich product information that's in line with the store associate and even powering some of the uh, the store uh, messaging as well. So um, there's lots of changes happening there. Now let's talk about internally. Um, you're seeing in these um, decisions, in these technology purchases, you're seeing um, more people at the table. Uh, what used to be IT is now what we call here at Forrester BT or business technology. The uh, technologist is playing a more strategic role 
in the um, success of the business because that technology is enabling success. It's not just about having a help desk and you know keeping computers up. It's really about strategically thinking about the uh, value proposition of the software that they're that they're buying. And so you're seeing more business, more technology leaders be at the desk in uh, at the table with business decisions and and helping out with those business decisions. On the same vein, you're seeing more marketers um, at the table, more and the e-commerce leader at the table when it comes to things like store systems, because those store systems, such as mobile point of service, um, have a connection with the customer and that customer experience. And the e-business leader, again, we talked about them moving more into this digital strategy role. They're the ones that have been looking at conversion rate online for 15 years. They, they know conversion rate by department, and now with some new technologies around in-store uh, measurement and analytics, they're really the ones that have the expertise in terms of testing and measuring and turning that data into insight. So, uh, you know, is there firefighting? There can be, um, but you can see how in this sort of complex change that the C-suite, especially the CEO, really needs to set that tone and really needs to lead. And for the most part, they're doing that. They're playing a much bigger role in these conversations and shaping their organizations. One last question, uh, Max, 45 seconds or a minute. If you were to send uh, retail and marketing and uh, operations and IT people to the school to get most uh, you know, trained and in the best possible manner and also set appropriate expectations, what would those be in order for this to really deliver success sitting outside and watching what all is going on so far? Think about customers, not channels. Think about measurement of success. Define that up front. Understand the technology. Understand how it enables success. Um, those would be the three things that I would focus on. And I would also say four is uh, adjust your organization appropriately to be customer-centric. So um, those are the four areas that I think would be the major takeaways. And by the way, those four areas are pretty big projects. I mean, we're not talking about uh, a single swift blow. We're talking about a, an evolution and a process. And for the most part, retailers that are going to be relevant in the future are moving down this path. On behalf of the show and our listeners, I'd really like to thank you, uh, Adam, for sharing your thoughts on what Omnichannel truly is, how it is being manifested, how uh, the business, technology, operations, and other uh, value chain partners have to come together in order to make this a reality and actually get value out of it. Great. Thanks, Sanjog. I appreciate it. Thank you so much again, Adam. Now, uh, listeners, hope you enjoyed the conversation. Adam had some great insights uh, into on, on the subject. And uh, please like us on Facebook, search for CIO Talk Radio, and be sure to follow us on Twitter. Thank you again for listening to CIO Talk Radio. This is Sanjog All, your talk show host. Till next week, take care and God bless. Thank you for tuning in to CIO Talk Radio. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. Please join Sun Joke All next Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 9 a.m. Central Time, and 10 a.m. Eastern Time for another hour of CIO Talk Radio on the Voice America Business Channel. CIO Talk Radio is brought to you by HP and Siemens Smart Grid.